the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee. Clark Hilton is our engineer across the glass. He's clad in his Portland Timbers green. And our very special guest this afternoon is Reverend Leslie Nelson. You know her from Heart of the Savior Ministries, heard every Saturday at 1030 on True Talk 800, although we've got a Linfield football game this weekend. So make sure that you tune into Heart of the Savior Ministries. Ministries featuring Reverend Leslie Nelson. This week it's going to be at 4 p.m. right after the Georgine Rice A Week in Interviews program right here on True Talk 800. And don't forget, you can enjoy an absolutely free jazz night that's Saturday night tomorrow from nine, uh, 7 to 9 p.m. at Henson Baptist Church at Southeast 20th Avenue and Salmon Street in Portland. You can find out more details at the website hensonchurch.org or by giving them a call at 503 503- Three six zero two four nine four. That's five zero three three six zero twenty four ninety four. Reverend Leslie Nelson, thank you so much for joining us in the studio again this week. Always good to bump into you. How are you doing? I am wonderful. How about you? I'm having a great time. I, I still get a kick out of the fact that all these years later, I get to work in an industry I love, and God willing, hoping to spread the gospel of Christ in doing so. And I really love what we do. Right here at Salem Communications Portland, whether it's on True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ, 104.1 The Fish, or even our sister station in Spanish, 93.1 El Rey, because I see people here who've always got my back, who look out for me, who lift me up when I need it, and who encourage me. And I'm very, very thankful to be a part of this family. And one of which is you. You've been on the air for how long on our stations? It'll be three years this coming July. And oddly enough, a few weeks ago, I got to interview Dr. Maxine Lawrence. Yes. And do you want to give a brief history of how you bumped into her in the first place and then launched the radio ministry, Heart of the Savior Ministries, on True Talk 800? Well, you know, it's one of those God stories, because only God could have done this. I was in a grocery store during the middle of the week, during the middle of the day. I'm never in the store during the week, during the middle of the day, because I work, right? And this little lady walks by me in the store, and she steps backwards, and she looks me square in the face, and she says, are you a believer? And I said, why, yes, I am. And she goes, I just knew it. And I said, "Uh, uh, how did you know it? She said, I could just see it in your face. And so we chatted a little bit, and I thought, well, this is interesting in the grocery store. And then I finally said to her, well, actually, I'm a pastor. I am too. And so then we really chatted. And she finally says, you know, I have a Christian radio broadcast on KPDQ. And I'm wondering, um, because you're a woman in formalized ministry, can you talk? And I thought, oh, my goodness, if you only knew, sweetheart. And she asked me to be a guest on her program. And so I came and shared on her program in October 
And by November, December, she had asked me to be the third voice in the studio with her during the interviews. And I was being told by people here that, oh, my goodness, you need your own program. And I got a call from Joe Gonzalez, who was on during the day, Mars Hill, and he asked me if I would come in and take over his program one day. And I'm beginning to think, oh, my goodness, you know. But I did, and I had such a blast. It, it was a riot. I, I loved it. I left here and kept saying, Lord, am I supposed to be having so much fun? To say the least, in July of that year, I went live on KPDQ. And here we are. And here we are. All because a couple of women met in a grocery store on a God-ordained moment, because you'd never even set eyes on her before, much less heard her program, had you? She was being obedient to God, because you would not normally just walk up to someone and say that, but the Lord had directed her also to go to the store that morning, and she didn't know why, and then she found out. And so she's definitely a person that encourages and builds up leaders and releases them, because that's certainly what she did with me, is she brought me alongside and released so fellow believers, you might think that we're a bit crazy <laughs> at, at some points, and, and that's okay. We're allowed to agree to disagree Absolutely. on the, the non-essential points, which would be salvation through Christ alone and his works not by any doing of ours. However, sometimes people think that these God moments, as you call them, Reverend Leslie, are, are kind of a little bit unusual. Yes. And they are, and it's okay. So it, it reminds me of back in my time in New York. I spent 15 years at a wonderful church, Midtown Gospel Tabernacle on Long Island, and twice, and only twice within those 15 years, did I feel a very strong prompting from God saying, I want you to say hi to that person, or I want you to, to meet that person. And I wouldn't call myself a total um, wallflower as much as an outgoing introvert, if that makes any sense. I love having conversations, but I don't like being the center of attention, the life of the party. There's, there's, it's just not how I'm wired. That's my sister. And um, two for two, though, in both those instances, I chose to be obedient, and I have two of my best friends to this day. So you never know. Right? And guess what? Worst comes to worst, you were wrong, you missed God, and you move forward with life. But wouldn't you rather just reach out in an act of attempted obedience to God rather than miss out on perhaps something that he had in store for you that wouldn't have just been okay, but that may have been great. And that's what's really neat about how God used Dr. Maxine to lead you, Reverend Leslie, to our radio station. So tell us, Heart of the Savior Ministries, did that exist before your radio career was about to launch after filling in for my predecessor, Joe Gonzalez? No, as a matter of fact, this was the last thing I'd ever thought of, you know. Um, certainly when I was in high school, I was in drama and theatrics, and I actually had the first television program on Portland Public Schools broadcasting. Now, well, what was that? I'm sure some of our listeners have seen it and remembered it. Well, it was called Arnie's Corner because I played golf. And well, I didn't play golf. I played putt-butt golf, and I beat everybody. And so they gave me the name Arnie for Arnold Palmer. And so we called it Arnie's Corner, and I would go on every morning before school started, you know, what is that, study hall class. And we would do the news of the day and give all the announcements. And, and it was, uh, who, who knew that here we are, I'm not saying how many years later, I'm behind a mic again. But this time, there's no camera, and I kind of like that. 
Yeah, I'm like you. I'm a lot less intimidated by the microphone than than I am when a camera is on me, especially, say, a video camera. So in previous job, we were always having to submit photographs. And when you hit your late 40s and that bald spot's not getting any smaller and you're starting to see those lines under your chin, you learn very quickly how to peek yourself up so that you have the <laughs> best angle available. And it, you always used to make fun of models. Like, oh, look, there's there's the good side of her face. And she always poses with that one. And you know what? Call me vain, but I've done that myself. Well, I don't and, like the glare coming off my dome, you know? Well, and I talk with my hands. And, you know, if I had to sit on my hands, I'd never make it. But, you know, I have known since I was about eight years old uh, that I had been called by the Lord. I tried to save the neighborhood one summer. And I say I tried, which tells you that it didn't work because it wasn't of the Lord, even though I truly cared about the kids. But just throughout my life, you know, um, things have gone in the way of being in the church body. I sang in the choir. Um, My grandfather was a street preacher in England. And um, I have his Bible in my possession that he taught from with his handwritten notes in. And I know he prayed for me a lot. You know, we lived with them from the time I was five until I was 15 because my family lost everything in a flood in Idaho in about mm, 1957, 58. And my mom's folks lived here, so said, come home. And so we lived in a multi-generational home for all those years, and we literally sat down to dinners together and chatted. So how many generations were in this house once you had the move? Three. We, you know, there's the grandparents and my mom and dad and us three girls and the dog and the cat, you know, all of those lovely things. So I had that background and, of course, uh, was raised Methodist and um, got married and ended up getting divorced unexpectedly, went into the conservative Baptist church. And was there for 12 years, and then the Lord called me out of there, and I went to a four-square church. And so I have been called a Wesley Baptocostal <laughs> because I have the, all of the different trainings. And that's why I'm ordained non-denominationally, is so that I can cross all those boundaries also. And so that's been crucial. I went to Western Seminary and uh, have a certificate in pastoral care to women from there, And then I graduated from Oregon College of Ministry. So you've really been quite all over the place when it comes to different churches and denominations. Have you enjoyed the overall experience? Do you you find yourself deep at heart a member of one, maybe a little bit more than the others, or what? No, actually, I don't. You know, uh, Methodist—Methodistism, that's hard to um, say—is where my foundation started— When I went to the conservative Baptist church, extremely good theological teaching, you know, good, good, sound teaching. And then, of course, you move to something that is four-square Pentecostal, and you move into the more spiritual aspect, and it gives you a a well-rounded faith, I think. And we're going to hear more about the well-rounded faith and gifts of Reverend Leslie Nelson next on Difference Makers. Make sure to catch Heart of the Savior Ministries generally Saturday mornings at 1030 featuring Reverend Leslie right here on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. And the voice you hear from across my desk right now is a familiar one because she's Reverend Leslie Nelson, the ordained pastor and also host of 
Heart of the Savior Ministries, heard on True Talk 800 Saturdays, generally at 10.30, but at 4 p.m. this weekend because of Linfield Football's Gold Wildcats. And uh, Reverend Leslie, we're talking about your upbringing in a three-generational home. Tell us where your first encounter with the Lord came, I'm curious, because you had this street preacher grandfather who was probably shaking his fist, yelling at people walking by in in England, and eventually ended up in Idaho, and we're here in Oregon today. So tell us where that all happened for you initially with the Lord. Well, you know, um, I I hate to admit it, but I feel like I've known the Lord my whole life. And to come to one of those critical moments uh, when I can say, you know, I was six years old or I was eight years old, I, I just knew that I was on fire for the Lord, and I wanted everyone to go home and be with Jesus when the time came. And I wanted to make sure that everybody knew that. I had no idea that that was being a preacher or an evangelist, because I never saw myself that way, um, even as a child. However, my mother will tell you that I have a sign on my forehead that says, talk to me, because she said, as a small child, adults and children would come to me and they would pour out their lives to me and I would sit there with them and listen and hold them and counsel with them. So it has, it's just been a part of who I am uh, since a small child. So pretty much you think that's the way God wired you. You're a bit of a listener, aren't you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I think you have to be if you're going to be in ministry because you have to not only hear what is being said, but what is not being said. That's almost as crucial. Um, and the inflections of the voices or not. It's it's very key to understanding what's going on in people's lives and asking for the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you. That's important. I don't think a lot of us are naturally discerning. I'm certainly not. I've been suckered left and right, to be quite honest with you. Remember the first time I went to Night Strike under the bridge? Uh, I went with a buddy of mine, and the first homeless woman I sat and spoke with was telling me all these horrible stories about what ODOT did with her tent and possessions and threw out. I'm like, oh, that's terrible. Well, we should call this person, or we should call that person. So at the end of the night, my friend uh, Anna comes up to me, and she says, you realize she was just making up a story, and you were supposed to give her money out of sympathy, right? But no, she wouldn't do that, would she? So do you think that discernment is a, just a natural God-given gift, or can it be learned to a degree? I think that we can all learn to listen to others, and we would be in a far better place if we did just stop and not try and always be putting our two cents worth in, but to listen to somebody else, hear their heart, hear their story, because then you can find that commonality and that ground where then you can speak the truth of Jesus Christ into their life, you know, whether they are a believer or not. Once they, once you allow someone to talk to you and they know that you're truly listening to them, you have gained their respect and their trust. So far be it from me to tell someone what they heard from God. But they, there are people I've encountered over the years who have, like your grandfather, been street corner preachers. I remember going to Little Lafayette College in Easton, Pennsylvania, which is kind of a, a polo club looking Ivy League wannabe. Okay. On a very pretty, green, gorgeous campus. In fact, Lafayette just beat Lehigh in Yankee Stadium for uh, the 150th meeting of the two little schools. Uh, that was kind of neat. But anyway, I remember my freshman year walking across the quad, a beautiful green campus in, in between these epic looking historical buildings, and a street 
preacher from down the hill in Little Eastern Pennsylvania came up, and he was standing and yelling at people, uh, turn or burn type stuff. And I remember going to him and saying, you know what, I believe as you do, but I don't believe this is the most effective way to get your message across because, as you just said, he has zero invested in these in these college people walking by. So I wonder what your grandfather would, would have thought of that. And you know what? If God calls you to do so, by all means, do it with all your might. There is a time and a place for speaking the truth of God in love to people because it causes that aha moment where they go, oh, and it convicts their heart and they have a changed heart. That's what it is when you speak the truth in love. My grandfather was not the kind that we would call a Bible thumper, a you know, hellfire and brimstone, which I have a pastor that I sat under who was like that. And it was quite amazing. But that's not what my grandfather did and not certainly what I do. I know that each and every one of us is gifted by God in different ways so that we can speak to different people. It's like a child with attention deficit disorder. They are not stupid kids. As a matter of fact, their brains are going so fast that they're 10 miles down the road, and that's why they're so succinct in their writing, and they miss things, um, especially in their motor skills. And it's because they learn differently and receive differently. And it's the same thing about receiving Jesus. God has gifted different people to speak into different people's lives so that they can receive it. You can speak into somebody's life that I can't. I can speak into a completely different group of people that you can't, and it's because God wired us for those people to hear. I think about that when I bump into people like Tim Burns. Have you met him before? I don't think uh, so. He, he's a partner to a degree of skate church. Right for all these kids skateboarding, and if you and I were skaters, the name of Tim Byrne would be as right legendary as Arnold Palmer would be in the golf community. Right. Anyway, loves the Lord, goes across the globe preaching. Uh, he had a season with Living It Ministries, a division of Louise Palau Association. Right. And he's an incredible skateboarder. Well, and wasn't he just here a year ago with Revolution Foursquare in their park? event on Labor Day? Didn't uh, he it come wouldn't to surprise, that? It wouldn't surprise me if he was a day at the park because he's he's just a great guy. Yeah. And he's a regular in the area. And uh, his wife, Liz, was one of the early employees of a Christian music rock radio network as well. So anyway, it's a really small world. But I think to myself, um, self, last time I was at Battleground Skate Park, which if you live in Washington around Battleground is a very well-known skate park. There's lots to do there. Not being a skater, I really can't speak justice to it. But I'm thinking to myself, Tim Byrne is going to reach these teenage boys at the skate park in ways that my minivan and I will never be able to relate. Absolutely. And vice versa. And it's okay. It's okay. So along those lines, as the host of Heart of the Savior Ministries heard Saturdays at True Talk 800 right here, who are you talking to? Who Who is your sweet spot? Who's your bread and butter? If if you could picture your primary audience, your listener, what does he or she look like? You know, um, I would have to start that by telling you that most people's ministries come out of their experiences. And so whereas I, I have experienced homelessness, I've experienced severe illness, hunger, persecution for my faith, from family, from friends, rejection— uh, you know, I lost a spouse due to divorce, 
financial ruin. I lost everything. And, and it's because of those incredible opportunities to experience that, that I know what the hope of is in Jesus Christ. And so heart of the Savior Ministries is to restore and refresh and renew people and who they are in Christ Jesus and the love of God the Father, and that they, they regain that hope. I know what it is to come to that point of almost losing all hope. It's an ugly place to be, but I know that there is hope in Jesus Christ, and he brings you through it, and God uses everything for his good, even the bad, and it's a choice that we make. I'd argue he uses especially the bad to speak to us. If we're willing to listen. If we're willing to listen. It's a choice. You know, we can either sit there and we can molt in our grief and our sadness and our troubles and our tribulations, or we can choose to move forward and look at it as an experience to learn. We're also called to share those experiences with others so that we can comfort others who are going through those same things and bring them that hope. And that's what Heart of the Savior Ministries is about, is bringing that hope to people who've lost all hope, coming alongside them, letting them know that there is Jesus Christ and the hope and glory. Which kind of goes against the current trend of being a Facebook, Instagram selfie generation, where the only thing we want to put forward is that which hopefully impresses people. Absolutely. And and of course, you, you don't find us on Facebook or Twitter or any of that, because I'm just not out there in that way. Certainly do have a website, and all of our programming is on there. You know, every program that we have done for the past two and a half years can be listened to there. And we also put you guys' link. You know, I'm part of the KPDQ family, so it's right there on the website, too, so that people can just click on the link at any time if they can't remember where you are. And it takes you directly to you guys' website so that they can listen in to whomever is on the air. We believe that anyone we put on our airwaves, to a degree, has to be filtered. Absolutely. You better. Our audience will not tolerate if we put just anybody on. And whether it's here in Portland or back at our sister stations, uh, WMCA and then WWDJ in New York, I have seen management turn down cash in hand because it was not what's going to be for the best of our audience. So I'm in great admiration of our management at Salem Communications for being able to do that. Well, and I value that highly because I am very protective of the ministry that the Lord has given me. And so those people that I have on the air, because not only do I preach on the air, but I have other uh, pastors come in and preach, share other ministries that are out there so that everybody knows that what's available to them. But I'm very careful about it because the Lord has given me a responsibility and I need to be sure that it is true and the Word of God. With great power does come great responsibility. And so in our final minute or so here, Reverend Leslie, as the radio host of Heart of the Savior Ministries, I'm curious, who do you like listening to? What speakers, teachers, uh, preachers inspire you, teach you new things, want to want you to push yourself in different directions? I'm curious. Well, I, hmm... There is that old Wesley Baptocostal person coming out, because certainly I like to listen to Jack Hayford, who is Foursquare. I enjoy listening to uh, Joyce Myers, because she really tells it as it is. I love Billy Graham, always will. Um, certainly read a lot of books by different um, pastors and people out there. Chuck Swindoll, you know, there's that grace and that mercy there that you can hear. 
love Georgine Rice, of course, and for all these years have listened to her, um, never thinking that I would be sitting in a studio where she certainly sits when she does her programming. And we're certainly glad to have you part of the KPDQ family. We're speaking with Reverend Leslie Nelson, ordained pastor and the host of Heart of the Savior Ministries, heard Saturdays right here on True Talk 800, and thanks for listening to Difference Makers. Reverend Leslie Nelson is not only an ordained pastor, she's also the host of Heart of the Savior Ministries, heard Saturdays on True Talk 800, and with Linfield Football having the Wildcats uh, make the quarterfinals. Woohoo! Go football. Um, it's going to be moved to 4 p.m. this Saturday, Heart of the Savior Ministries. So earlier on, we were talking about just how Reverend Leslie bumped into Dr. Maxine Lawrence, who at the time was another one of our radio hosts, in a grocery store in a God-ordained moment. There were two total strangers who usually don't shop at that time of the day, happened to be in the right place at the right time. And Reverend Leslie, you got approached by Dr. Maxine, which is just not something you hear of every day. Can you imagine being in line behind these two at the (laughs) checkout counter? (laughs) Well, and of course, you know, I came home because she said, would you be on my program? And I thought, who are you? You know, and so I came home and looked her up and sure enough, she was legitimate. And she called me and, and said, you know, I don't normally do this, but could we go have lunch and chat? Well, we chatted for four and a half hours and she says, you know, I feel like I've known you my whole life. And, and so then's how it started. Well, as we moved on, you know, I was just a guest on her program. And as I said before, then by December, I was the third voice in the studio. She asked me to come in, and I said, okay. And and then by February, I was being approached to have my own program, or I was being told by people who were listening into those programs that they thought I should have my own program. Well, in order to do that, um, I needed to have a nonprofit or be a pastor of a church. Now, there are many different kinds of pastors, and I am not a pastor of a church body. And um, so I investigated having a nonprofit. Now, when you come up with a nonprofit in the state of Oregon or anywhere else, you come up with names for it. And there is a registry that you go through and you have to look up those names to see if anybody else has them. Well, I came up with 35 names on a list. Was that on purpose or because you couldn't make your mind up or that you suspected a lot of the Good names may have already gone to other candidates. Well, I just kept trying things out, so I just kept writing them down. And I'm driving to a conference um, in eastern Oregon, and I'm chatting with the Lord as I'm driving, and all of a sudden I hear, certainly, Leslie, all of these are reflect the gifting that I have on your life, but this is to be about me. And I threw my hands up. Now I'm driving 65 miles an hour. Threw my hands up and went, oh, great, because I was at my level of I couldn't come up with another name if I tried. Well, of course, I was at this conference and coming home four days later, once again, chatting with the Lord. And the Lord says, heart of the Savior Ministries. And so I pulled over and I wrote it down. And I thought, well, certainly that has to be taken. That's such a an impactful, you know, it's such a simple statement. So I came home and I looked it up on the register and out of, so that's 36 names now, right? And out of the 36 names, it was the only one that was not taken in the state of Oregon, in the United States, 
or internationally for a ministry. So Heart of the Savior Ministries was gifted to me from the Lord, and it is to be about him and certainly not about me. It's so easy for us to get on our high horse and enough people pat us on the back and, oh, you ministered so nicely to me. Oh, you're such a natural. It's tough to fight the accolades and remember why we do what we do. And if it becomes more about us than about him, we're losing sight. Yes, we are. And far better, more successful people in ministry have fallen because of that. So how do you keep yourself grounded, Reverend Leslie Nelson? You know... I have to pray. I have to pray all the time. And um, I do have a streak of pride in me that I hate to admit. And so I am aware of that. And so I need to really watch it. Because, you know, by the time people begin telling you that, oh, you sing so beautifully, you're so gifted, or you're such a natural on the radio, or you've touched so many lives, you know, there is that tendency to get yourself a little puffed up. But you know what? There would be nothing if it weren't for Jesus Christ in my life. And having brought me through everything to this point, I never thought I would be on the radio. I never thought I would be an ordained pastor. I thought I was going to marry a pastor, but I never thought I would be an ordained pastor. So you talked about history, and we, we've heard the story about how God brought you and Dr. Maxine Lawrence together and how you eventually launched Heart of the Savior Ministries here on True Talk. But explain how more of your personal history relates to your ministry today? Well, um, as I said, um, I went through a a not very nice divorce, and divorce is not of God, and I certainly know that. I was raised in the church. I planned to be married for life. It was very painful, um, extremely so. I also lost everything financially, um, and I mean everything. The IRS took everything, And so I learned what it was to live on a budget and be left with $150 a month to live on and raise a child on my own. I had a terrible illness um, early on in my 20s where I didn't work for almost 18 months. I couldn't work, and I could do nothing but stay at home. So I've experienced some of those things, and people have jokingly called me Jobetta at times, you know, the female version of Job. And then they say, why aren't you mad at God? Well, I have to honestly say, how could I possibly be mad at God? Because most of those things were because of the choices I had made. And you pay for the consequences of your choices. And you learn through them, if you so choose. So there's a book written by uh, Robeson, which is like Robinson without the first N, and it's called Cat and Dog Theology. Have you ever read it or experienced it? I've heard of it, but I've not read it. I love it because in a nutshell... Um, salvation aside, Christians fall into two categories. They're either cats or dogs. So a cat, if I'm paraphrasing this well enough, a cat Christian will say, oh, look at all these great things. I must be God. Or a dog Christian will say, look at all these great things. You must be God. And a dog Christian wants nothing more to do than just sit at his master's feet. So if there's one thing that my wife and I have as a goal in life is to raise a, a household of dog Christians. <laughs> and that, that is a compliment, obviously. It is. We're attempting to be. And it's tough to take the good things we have in life and not celebrate a bit of ourselves. 
All right. But it's real easy for us to forget God in those instances. So conversely, when bad things come, we're not often taking ownership of our choices or our decisions, but we're real quick to blame God, unfortunately. Or to stop and look and see how God is working through that, because it might not be a situation for you. It might be that you're to walk out your faith and hope and trust in Jesus Christ in a situation so that someone else who's watching you sees that and realizes they can do that too. And the only way is they come to you and go, how could you possibly do this? And you can say, I don't know what I would do without my faith and hope in Jesus Christ. I, I don't honestly, Mike, I honestly don't know how people get through the things that they go through without having God in their life. Speaking of whom, how has God seen you through the difficulty of a breakup and a divorce that you didn't want to happen to years later to today? What has God done with that situation in your life? Well, I um, I probably would not have been the right person to come to an, if you were in an abusive marriage situation, because I probably would have told you, get out. And that's not necessarily scriptural to tell someone to get divorced. Okay, We all know that divorce is not of God. And I actually had, um, a, I had these questions in my mind, and I knew there was something more that I was supposed to be doing. And I just kept asking, Lord, I know there has to be more to just going to church on Sunday and surviving day to day. I know there has to be more. And I had a woman show up at my door at my home, and I had no idea she knew where I lived. I worked with her. And she said to me, I'm lost and I can't find my way home. And I thought she was joking. And I laughed because she was just this very positive person. And then I really took a good look at her and I realized there was something very wrong. And I asked her in and I realized she was having a nervous breakdown and she only lived 10 blocks from me and she didn't know how to get home. And so I sat with her for hours and made sure she wasn't going to do any harm to herself. I helped her get into counseling immediately. I walked alongside her for several years. But the main thing was is that the next that night after I did get her home, I realized how poorly prepared I was to speak into her life. And I was ashamed because I have professed to be a Christian, to believe in God and Jesus Christ, to trust my life in him. And yet I didn't know what to say to this person. And that started my journey to going to school so that I could respond in a scriptural way to people who were going through troubles and trials. So how would you have done that differently today, knowing what you know versus back then? Oh, my goodness. I don't think I would change a thing because I learned along the way because it was just as much a learning lesson for me as it was for anybody else. And, and because um, God is so gracious and he never lets go of us and he loves us so much, Mike. He loves us so much. He never gives up on us. And I will tell everybody, don't you ever stop praying for anybody. I have seen three of the hardest hearted men in my life come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And I will never stop praying for anybody. Perseverance, uh, the trust in God that he knows what he's doing. And then even if we can't see it immediately, He's still behind the scenes. Well, I'm one of those people who puts the cart before the horse, so he purposely does not let me see what's coming necessarily because I would be ahead of the game. 
More great wisdom from ordained pastor and host of Heart of the Savior Ministries, Reverend Leslie Nelson. Listen to her Saturdays right here on True Talk 800. And thanks for tuning in to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with my pal, Reverend Leslie Nelson, the ordained pastor and also the host of Heart of the Savior Ministries on True Talk 800. Generally, Saturdays at 1030 in the morning, but with Linfield Wildcat football this weekend. That'll be at 4 p.m. right after Georgine Rice, a week in interviews. So, Reverend Leslie, we get some of our best conversations on the break when the mic is off. I love it. (laughs) You do this to me on purpose, don't you? Just to torment me. Uh, what we're going to do is swing back around to our friends at Revolution Foursquare in Portland over in uh, the Lentz Park area because Pastor Alpha, Trey yes. Michaels, and that group is just on fire for the Lord. They are a bunch of doers. They're not listeners and hearers only. They they are doers with reckless abandon. They're the ones reckless. that brought um, Group One crew to, to Lentz Park <laughs> For a free show because that's just kind of what they do, and that's no, what they no one do. they didn't know any better, and no one no one no one was going to stop them that's because right. they love the Lord with reckless abandon, and I love that about them. But um, I guess what we need to do is mention the Shoes from the Heart project and how your personal history really struck a chord with you when working alongside them. So could we get back to some of the harder times that you've had? Because people will look at Reverend Leslie Nelson today and say. A successful career woman, talk show host on Heart of the Savior, has it all together. You're in high demand for people to get married and, and have you officiate their weddings. But it wasn't always so glamorous, was it? Oh, no, 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 no. You know, I can be counted amongst the worst of the sinners of this world. And when I can think about that the Lord can forgive me, certainly I can forgive others. Um on the break, I mentioned to you that one of the things that I experienced was total financial ruin through my divorce, and I'm talking owing in excess of a million dollars um, to the IRS. And through that process, I ended up living on a very limited amount because they took everything, all the bank accounts, everything, my checks, um, and I left me with just enough to survive on. And I learned how to collect cans and take them to the store. And I actually had a conversation with my son, who's now 38, uh, and I said, you know, I want to apologize to you for that time in our life. And he said, Mom, I realized how poor we were the day you said, let's go to Grandma's and collect all the bottles and cans in, in her basement so that we would have enough money to buy groceries. And we would play a game at the store where... We would guess who who would come closest to how much the groceries really were. Now, sure, it was a math lesson for my son, but for me, I knew I had $26.13, and that's all I had. And so I literally kept track as we went through the store to be sure that when I got up to that cash register, there would be $26.13 because I would be mortified. That's pretty self, I don't know, you know, it's pretty bad, but I would be that if I didn't have it. To say the least, um, years down the road, I'm in the store. There is a woman there. She has a a gallon of milk, a loaf of bread, a dozen eggs, and she had a little itty-bitty package. You know, when you grind your own coffee at the store, um, you can get little paper bags. Well, there must have been less than a quarter of a cup in that bag. And as the cash register guy was putting the stuff through, it came to too much money for her. And so she said... Well, would would you put the bananas back? 
and it was still too much money. And so she said, would you put the loaf of bread back? And I finally leaned over and I said to the cash register guy, I said, um, I'll pay for her groceries. And she, she said, I, I really just wanted something for myself. And she put the coffee back because she, you know, she would do all of that. To say the least, the guy at the register didn't catch what was going on. And I was trying not to embarrass this woman because I know what it is to walk up to that cash register and not have the money and just be mortified, and especially in front of your children. And so um, I said again, please put her groceries on my card. And the lady came around and she hugged me and she said, I can't believe you did that. And I was able to tell her that I made a promise to God that if I ever had money again, that if I saw somebody in need, I would help them. And and that's what the Lord allowed me to do. So, you know, I've gone through a lot. Everybody does. But we have a choice how to come out of it and how to use it for others and for the good of yourself. And it's generally for a season, too. And it maybe is. the season is longer than we'd like to see it or longer than it seems bearable. But God will lift us up and he'll sustain us through it. And maybe it's not in the way that we would have written it. So I, too, was out of full-time work for 18 months. And we were sustained by my mom, Christian Youth Soccer League, our choir and orchestra, and and things like that. And, and it was humbling. Okay. It is. But, but I tell you what— we appreciate that season, and there's no doubt in my mind that my kids know that God provided. Oh, it's not absolutely. like the God of the Bible is the one who took care of the people in the biblical age. It's today, yesterday, today, and forever. God is there Hebrews, for yes. and with us. Well, and I can tell you that during that time was when I had the the um, visit from the lady, and I knew I needed more training, and I got this email from Western Seminary from who knows where, because I had no contact with Western Seminary who had this class that spoke to all of these issues that you might run into, divorce and abortion and financial ruin. And that's how I ended up at Western Seminary. So this is the stage after your neighbor came over and you were convicted to know more to be able to share better with her. And is that when you signed up? That's when I signed up. So I finished the first term. I come out of there, I go, Lord, I have no idea why you allowed me this opportunity, but I have no money to continue because I had nothing at that point. And I said, so if you want me to continue going, you're going to have to come up with it. And that Sunday at church, this woman walks up to me and she says, you know, I was thinking about you. Now, nobody knew I was in school. Nobody knew that I was going to school. So this woman walks up and she takes clasps my hand and leaves something in mine and closes it and walks away. And when I got to the car, in my hand was a check for the exact amount I needed for my registration and for my books, which, of course, I didn't know which books I needed at that point and how much they were going to be, but it ended up being the exact amount. And I said, okay, God, I'm going back, and I've never quit. How was your experience? Did you enjoy Western Seminary? I loved it. Extremely good training there. Um would tell everyone to go there. Even people like myself at that point who had nothing, didn't have the funds to go, they have courses available, enrichment courses that you can take where you're not paying for the graduate courses, but it is the graduate level work, and it's your choice as to whether you do all of the homework or not. Of course, me, I'm one of those people who is 
you know, teacher's pet. <laughs> and so, of course, I did every bit of homework there was, because why would you not be there if you didn't want to learn everything that you possibly could? It sounded like you really loved studying at Western Seminary, didn't you? I did. I love, I'm a lifelong learner. I went to Oregon College of Ministry after that. That's where I have my pastoral degree from. Ended up being chairman of the board of directors of the college uh, for several years. I believe in continued learning. And one of the ways, if you're not in school, be in the Word of God. Amen to that. There's certainly things that we can continue to do. And what I want to thank you for, Reverend Nelson, is not only for being a part of the KPDQ family, and you're very humble about it, but folks, Reverend Leslie has brought us stashes of food catered, (laughs) and she's brought us uh, a massage therapist to give free back rubs in this office. It's it's the most adorable thing. I think of people like you. I think of Garden Samurai, John Kenora's child, and I think of people who are not only on the air, but they really are part of our family, and they're all in. So thank you for what you do for this family, in addition to our listeners. It is an honor to be a part of the KPDQ family. Absolutely a humbling honor. I never would guess that the Lord would allow me the privilege to be able to speak about him over the air. Well, we do love hearing you on Heart of the Savior Ministries Saturdays on True Talk 800. But I want to share one of the experiences that you had, which connected you with our friends at Revolution Foursquare Church's Shoes from the Heart Project. Can you you give us a quick rundown of that in the next minute or two? Absolutely. We're a 501c3 nonprofit, and we're small. I mean, we are a really small nonprofit, and we were looking for a community outreach project. And I had the Blessing and honor to interview Monica, um, Alpha's wife, Mm -hmm. and Ashley Ray, one of the other pastor's wives, and I call them the outrageous women of revolution. And in talking to them, they told us about their back-to-school bash. And so I said, well, gee, can I come help? And so we went ahead, and we went that year and helped, and they put us in charge of the shoe room where we handed out shoes to the kids. And it broke our hearts because we had children there who would come to us and we didn't have any. And we'd have to say, I'm sorry, we have none. And they would say, thank you very much. I mean, they were so respectful that we made the commitment to go back the next year and provide as many shoes as we could. And so we're now looking forward to August of 2015 and collecting shoes again. Preparing for the back-to-school bash hosted by Revolution Foursquare Church in the Lens Park area. You can help out with the Shoes from the Heart project by emailing a special email address, shoesfromtheheartpdx at gmail.com. If you'd like to find out more about Reverend Leslie, check out her website, heartofthesaviorministries.org. Reverend Leslie Nelson, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate your friendship and your ministry to our audience. Well, thank you for having me. Have a great weekend. You as well, and thanks so much for listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.